Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. This is part one of a live Q&A recorded while Stacy and Sarah were in Georgia together. Part two will follow next week. Sarah, Stacy, we're sitting next to each other. Very close to each other, as I a matter of fact. I think it was the last podcast where we started it again and again and again with like, hey, we don't have to. That would be super awkward. That would be really awkward right now. Let's not do that. So I have been joking around a lot lately about doing a video podcast with you. I know. And that's kind of a little bit what we're doing right you now. You then snuck it in on the fly after I... we left for Florida yeah, from Virginia, because mm-hmm. we usually produce, well, not usually, we produce the podcast, so we have all the equipment and all that kind of stuff. And um, after we left, you were like, hey, since you're staying here for like two hours, <laughs> why don't we use that time to do a video podcast? And Matt, of course, who's been trying to also make it happen, mm-hmm. was like... You, you noticed I sent that message to, to both, both of you. Because I know that if I'd mentioned it to just you, you would have been like, can't, didn't bring makeup or clothes with me on this trip or some, <laughs> some kind of excuse. And then Matt would have never heard about it. Mm-hmm. But I knew that really I just had to campaign Matt. Yeah. And just be like, hey, we have this amazing thing with Facebook Live that we could use to actually do a live Q&A and then we can record it. And it's pretty close to like a real video podcast live yes, thing. Yes, yes. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of our, of our subscribers, we're actually um, taking live questions. I mean, it's, if you're listening to this podcast the normal way, it's, it's too late. Um, but what we're doing right now is we are we're doing a live um, a Facebook Live on my Facebook page and answering questions as they come in. We have a few hundred people who are watching this live, which is really cool. And uh, we're going to get through as many questions as we can. They're rolling in. Um, do you want to? Do you want to jump to it? Do you want to tell everyone about your trip? Yeah, I mean, just briefly. I just so also people Facebook Live understand. I've been on the road all day, <laughs> <laughs> and she looks really good, doesn't she? Uh, thank you. It's very kind. It's the truth. I'm also terrible with compliments. Um, so we went to Orlando. I had a work conference there. We made it kind of a slash family vacation. So um, I had a busy week kind of working and conferencing. And then in the evenings, we went to Universal because Wesley ate a salad every day for the last year and a half because he didn't get to go to Universal last time we went to Universal and he wanted to be tall enough. And when this work conference thing came up, I was like, hey, this is a great opportunity to reward the fact that he's eaten a salad every day and gotten tall enough. And he was tall enough to ride several of the Harry Potter rides and he got a magic wand and produced magic all over Universal. Isn't that and cool? Yeah, it's um it's like the best thing for encouraging him to eat his vegetables because it was like a year and a half of no questions asked, just they're gonna help me grow. I want a salad. Like at breakfast time he'd be like, I want a salad. Um like okay kid. Um and then I heard him tell 
um, both your daughters tonight and Ollie, who is Russ, the domestic man's son, when we were at his house yesterday, when they said, ooh, to a vegetable, not that your kids were like, ooh, to a vegetable, they just were like, no, I don't want that one, I want this <laughs> they one. Want, yeah. There were plenty of vegetables eaten by all children, but Wesley was like, of course, I want all of it, because it makes you grow healthy and strong, and I'm like, this is, this is a good little lesson he learned here. So, um, that's what we've been up to, and then we just decided to take a long the long way home yeah. so that we could visit you and Russ. Um, and it's been great. So, and now we get to hang and out and answer all these questions and podcast yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and we just got back from our vacation. From your vacation, that's right. And, um, so we're, family. Yeah, which was also really phenomenal, but also extremely busy, right? Yeah. So, I try not to use the vacation word because it's not quite. Not quite what it is. It's a visit or it's a trip home. I mean, it's it recharges me in a way that's a little bit different than how you get recharged yeah. from a real vacation. I think of vacations as being relaxing. Yeah. And uh, these trips home for me are always so busy because all of our family is there from both my side and my husband's side. And, um, and then we have a lot of friends who, you know, some of them stayed on the west coast of Canada. Some of them moved away and then were able to move back. But we all have roots there. So it's even sometimes we'll... We'll be we'll plan our trips home to overlap so that I get to see other friends who live all over the world, and so it ends up being just like busy, 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 busy. But also, it's Pacific Northwest, <laughs> West Coast of Canada. It's pretty amazing. I think we should tell our viewers and our listeners the one thing that we've both been doing for the past week and a half all over the United States and Canada. Been catching some Pokemon. Been catching a lot. Of <laughs> I came in and she had the app open and I was like, this is why we're besties. Oh yeah, I have a spawning site in my backyard and Pokemon, like I have the greatest Pokemon just come into my house. But the problem is I'm nowhere near a Pokestop. So I have to actually plan my outings to go past Pokestop so that I can get enough Pokeballs to catch the Pokemon to come to my house. Yeah, as soon as we walked in, my kids saw that your app was open, and they started telling me about how you had all. Yeah, the they went and had a look at exactly yeah. what I had. But I'm a higher level than you because I have more Pokestops, and I walk and you have also started playing before I did. Like, I started a week and a half after Matt. Anyway, the point is, I've really been. Wait, enjoying. are you higher level than Matt now? I'm one level below Matt. Matt, got to catch up, right? Um, when he's home, he rides his bike and stuff. But this vacation, I've been able to like catch up, you know. So, um, but it's really uh, for, for everybody who doesn't know and isn't playing yet. I think it's a really fun game to play with the kids. It's encouraged them to get out of the house more and walk more and any opportunity to like get your kids out to explore nature and walking is a great idea in my opinion. So even if it's not like a paleo solution, (laughs) (laughs) it's embracing modern technology to live a healthy lifestyle, which is really what I've tried to focus on. I think it's genius. It's totally genius. Because what it's doing is it's taking all of the positive aspects of gaming, right? Mm -hmm. So it's taking the eye-hand coordination and the logic and the the critical thinking, the decision-making, right? These are things that are scientifically proven. There's strategy to it. There's immense strategy. And there's a whole pile of benefits to gaming that have been proven in scientific studies. And it's taking away this really negative thing of isolation mm. in your home, in front of a screen, inside, sitting down. And, and in a way that, like, the Wii was never actually very good at yeah. getting people to be active in front of a game. It's taking people outside. You have to walk. You have to be outside, right? It's GPS, so it doesn't count if you try to hatch your egg on a treadmill. No, it's the worst. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's 
taking all these positive things and it's bringing it outside where there's community. If you go to a mm-hmm. Poke stop with a lure attached, you're like, whose lure is this? And yeah. you're like starting you conversations with you people. Totally meet people and. You know, we'll walk around the college campus near our house and people will be like, oh, there's a blah, blah, blah over there. Right. right? And it's uh, never have we ever gone no. anywhere where and total strangers like, are talking to you like are that. You? Wait, yeah. what team are you? Red. Culture is our team. Why Matt is I blue. So- oh, good. Matt, you and I, Team Mystic, way to go. My mom is yellow. Oh, well. I don't know. What's up with Team Yellow? Um, I'm sorry if you're Team Yellow. Whatever. I don't know what's going on with you guys. All right. We should probably answer some of these plethora of questions. We're going to get a whole pile of Pokemon oh, questions. Oh, I'm going to try not to put my hand in front, in front of the camera. Yeah. It's all right. I do that. Like I do a, a Monday Q&A every Monday. And, how and sometimes it's topic and sometimes it's just a free-for-all like we're doing right now. And everyone sees my finger every week. It's like it's just a thing. Sorry. Um, and I don't have the experience she has, so you'll probably see my finger more than once. I did get a few questions before um, we posted, so I'm going to go ahead and ask those from our Facebook page, the Paleo Parents okay. Facebook Let's page. Do it. Okay. So someone says, "Oh, this is a fun one. I want to start out this way. I'd like to ask you a question pertaining to the two of you and your friendship. What is one characteristic or quality unique to you as an individual that you respect and admire about each other?" What is the one thing you know about the other that would surprise viewers and listeners? Ooh. For example, do you have a messy pantry? No, she doesn't have a messy pantry. You don't either. Hmm. I mean, depends on when when you go. <laughs> so, uh, admittedly, the boys often like eat um, like eat packages of everything and then just leave the empty boxes. That's kids' messy pantry, though. That's not your messy pantry. I know pantry. exactly, but like it be- it can become really messy if you go in there and you're like, oh my god! All these Every messy time boxes. I've been there, it's sort of comparable to mine. <laughs> that it's it's not like it's like OCD. No, it's everything not. labeled and everything perfectly arranged, but it's also like. I put things back in the same spot every yeah. time, and yeah. and all of be... and I buy like almond flour in bulk, and I put it in a labeled yeah. compartment that keeps bugs out, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so um, can you can you touch your tongue to your nose? That sort of thing. Um, leave the I... mortifying bits between the two of us. That is that is a perfect <laughs> thing for a video. Can okay. you touch I, your tongue to your I, nose? Sometimes I can. Like, oh, you did it! <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. You cannot. But I can make my tongue go sideways. I don't know about that. And I can do the other side. Okay. All right. I knew this question was coming, so it's only fair that I go first. Yeah, I have it. to think about it. No, I don't have to think about it. I actually know my answer already. I've, I've mentioned this interesting thing in the podcast before, but I'm going to say it because to your live viewers, um, if Sarah was going to get a tattoo, she would get an upside down octopus on the bottom of her foot. With the tentacles curling around the With the tentacles the curling around the feet. And I actually ended up, got I, I got a foot tattoo earlier this year, and I was talking to the tattoo artist who told me that they don't actually tattoo They don't actually the stay so on the bottom. You can't get it. But it was one of those things where when you said it, I was like, what? Like, where did that even come from? And how much sense does it make? I mean, I think I had that idea in high school when all my friends were yeah. going and getting tattoos. I didn't... I mean, I bought myself a winter coat. Like, that's what I did with my money because I we grew up really poor. Uh, so when I had a summer job, it was like, I bought, my, like, my first summer job, I bought myself a bed because I didn't have one. So, like, I wasn't going to go out. These are better life tattoo. choices than, just saying, than a tattoo. Um, it maybe doesn't last as long. <laughs> but I, um, no, I've always been a person who I'm fairly fickle when it comes to stuff like that. And I never thought, just by how often I completely changed my hair. Um, or change the style of clothes that I wear uh, or the type of jewelry that I wear. I figure I, I don't think there's any tattoo that I would commit to for 
that I would feel like suits me for my whole life. Um, but I had the idea in high school that it'd be really cool to get an octopus like hanging on for dear life on the bottom of your foot. So whenever someone asks me what you would get, that's my answer. So that, but that idea is like tw- <laughs> tw- more than twenty years I know. old. But it's like my favorite, like interesting thing about you that I was like, you know, I mean, lots of things you tell me, and I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense. Um, so one of the things that that question asked was like characteristics unique, yeah, about the other person. And, um, I mean, I don't think this is something that would surprise people, but you are probably one of the strongest people I know. Um, oh, I'm embarrassing you. I'm, I'm making eye contact. Look what's happening. Look away. She Look away. Contact and she's saying nice things. I'm like, I know. Oh, it's like all the bad things. Um, but I think, I don't know, you know, it's when you are um, putting yourself out there on social media and a blog, It's a very, I don't think people understand how intimidating it can be what a sense of vulnerability comes with it and you know there are um not the nicest people out there right so there's there's uh always comments that can be sometimes they're well meant but they're misconstrued sometimes they're not well meant and um and that's something that is i think for all of us a really challenging aspect of, you know, we're trying to create great resources for people to get healthy. And at the same time, we have to deal with, um, sometimes very, uh, unfair, cutting, mean, I'm going to say criticism, but it's not really criticism. It's really just people being jerks. And I was going to say, I was going to say a different word. And then I remember to keep a very G. Who's the one who needs a reminder on the rating? Okay. Um, and whenever I'm feeling frustrated, uh, I read a comment that's not a nice comment. You are, even when you're not there, you're my grounding because you are so strong. And you, um, and not that you're, you know, I'm like. Certainly not perfect. No, like, and like, it, I know that these things will get to you and they'll upset yeah. you as well, but there's a way that you respond to it. Um, you respond rather than react. And there's a way that you process it and then move on that is just beautiful. And it's that strength that I remind myself of. Thank you. That helps me get through those types of criticism. I totally said something like superficial and then you did that. And now I'm like, uh, Stacey is also really good at math. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories. Yeah. All right. Like, you know, freaky elementary school test level good at math all right was there another question there that you wanted to yeah so the only other one um here from my facebook page um and i i've seen some people on your facebook comment about it as well so we can kind of have that overall discussion is about how to kind of integrate paleo or elimination diet or food allergies with kids and Mm -hmm. still make it fun so um there's a particular question here i'm not gonna like get into that details because I know that a, a couple people have talked about making it fun for Yeah, kids. so it's really interesting. So my kids start school on Monday and my six-year-old's classroom is going to be, they're actually, we just got an email today, it's going to be a treat-free classroom mm. because there's so many different allergies and they basically put all the nut allergy kids into one classroom this year. So really, really, so it's a nut-free class, so it's really severe nut allergies, but they're also making it a treat-free class so they won't allow treats in for birthdays or any of the parties. I, like, I wish that 
Anyway. I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to yeah. it. You can do stickers and tattoos yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so the teacher's like, yeah. I have lots of inventive ways for, for what we can do to celebrate. And don't don't worry about it. We'll do something cool. Um, but for me, that's always been um, one of the big challenges for me is is uh, not just accommodating my kids' like lines that we cannot cross, but also when they're in a classroom where there's a, like a not complimentary set of allergies. So, you know, my nine-year-old last year, she had a kid who was allergic to nuts, peanuts, shellfish, eggs, dairy, and they couldn't have any of it in the classroom, not gluten. So it was like, great. So that kid's eating wheat over there <laughs> and all of my, you know, grain-free treats that are like what I rely on, I can't bring in, bring yeah. in. Um, and so it's something that I think both of us through yeah. that type of experience you know, it's, it's, um, part of it is knowing your kid. Part of it is, uh, knowing the lines that you can cross and can't cross. Right. So, you know, I've often talked on the show about, um, for all of us, this journey is about finding that line between what our bodies need to thrive versus what our bodies tolerate and living somewhere in between. And when you're, um, you know, when things are really stressful or you're, recovering from an illness, you're going to live close to what your body needs to thrive. And when you're on vacation, you're going to live closer to, you know, what your body will tolerate. And I think that's the same with kids, right? It's finding that line. So my kids do relatively well with gluten-free treats on occasion, but if they have too much sugar, I really don't like them. Yeah. I can tell you that just coming out of a theme park where my children had butterbeer and ice cream and <clears throat> treats that they wouldn't usually have that were gluten-free there was definitely like a period of time where i was like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> like, so who are my, these children my nine-year-old's figured <clears throat> out that she can't control her emotions if she has food dyes and she doesn't like crying or screaming like whatever it is she doesn't like not having control which i think is great so she's figured that out and when her fourth grade teacher gave her starbursts at the beginning of, like, at their meet and greet before school even starts. She said, no, thank you. I was like, yes! Um, So there's part of this that's knowing what you can get away with and experimenting. And sometimes those experiments don't go so well and those days aren't good days. And then there's part of it that's knowing your kid and knowing how to talk about it with your kid. Um, You know, my, my kids both are really invested now in the idea of a healthier diet and something that's going to keep them healthy for their whole lives and it's going to make them live longer but when we started we were talking about foods that hurt your tummy yeah that's what i was going to say is you know you have to consider that sarah and i's children have been doing this like five or six years and where they are now in terms of what we understand they can tolerate or not tolerate and what to expect from their behaviors and that kind of stuff is entirely different from where it was five years ago. And, you know, when we started, it was a matter of like explaining things in terms of how many sleeps we were going to give things a try and which foods we were going to eliminate. And, um, we never said paleo with the kids until like three or four years in. And even then we don't explain it to their teachers like that. We say that they're gluten-free, dairy-free and that they try to not eat refined foods, you know? So, teachers understand that they're just they're avoiding junk foods and they're avoiding gluten and and dairy as much as possible and my kids too have treats that they leave in the classrooms um for 
uh, birthday parties and stuff like that, but they also get put in the classrooms with the food allergies. So we can't, we can no longer give them kind of paleo baked goods that would have had nuts or whatever yeah. in them. Um, and we utilize, you know, something kind of in the middle that it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not the best thing in the world. And so an idea of like a treat free year is really great, but I also found that over the years, it's not just paleo people that are becoming more aware. It's parents in general that yeah. really want to go back to that real food mentality. And so there were a lot of parents that brought in like clementines that they would decorate or whatever for their birthdays. Because the te- the, pa- the teachers are also like, we have a birthday every week. We can't have the kids out of control yeah. all the time. The teachers appreciate it when you come up with something else. So I think it's it's really no matter which way you do it, it's all just about the approach and, and how you frame things. So, you know, if something is exciting to your kid or they understand that there's an impact to their body, there's a lot more engagement that you're going to get from your children in terms of like accountability and responsibility and feeling a sense of ownership for it versus this fight of you're taking this away and I can't have it. It's the same like Weight Watchers mentality, right? Like if you as an adult tell yourself like I can't have that, you get all disappointed and upset versus telling yourself like I'm choosing to not eat these foods because they don't make me feel good, which is how we choose to approach paleo. It's not that I can't have a Cinnabon, like the Weight Watchers police isn't going to come and get me and be like, you're over and you have to weigh on the scale every week and shame on you. Can you imagine how the you. internet would blow up? I don't even want to talk about it. All right. I don't eat Cinnabons because I'm celiac and I don't eat gluten, but I think about a Cinnabon all the time. Anyway, it's like my... That was my request when um, my oldest was born in the hospital. And uh, I had had gestational diabetes, so Mm. I had been not eating anything sugary for the health of my baby. And she was out. And that was what I asked for. And I sent sent my husband to Cinnabon. I don't know. I don't know why that's like... I'm sure if I ate it, it would not be Mm. as good as I think that it is. But it's like, there's been no paleo version of a Cinnabon that's ever made me... No, not that has that. I mean, I love all of us that try to make paleo recreations. But like, the thing about that food that makes it good is the gooey gluten. Is the gluten. Like, you just can't. Like, I'm sorry. It's just never going to be the same. So anyway, my point is that, you know, you... I can think about those things, but it's in a different context. Like I'm choosing to not eat that because when I do, I don't feel my best and I don't have a desire to eat that because it's not worth it to me. Not because I'm going to step on a scale and somebody's going to shame me, but because I don't like the way I feel when I eat that. And I think if you can apply that mentality to children, it's something that they understand a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not about weight loss. It's not about a diet. It's about eating the foods that make us the best. And that's why we named our first book Eat Like a Dinosaur, because it was a way to explain it to our children who were very young at the time to say, like, dinosaurs didn't eat cakes and cookies. Dinosaurs didn't eat pizza. Like, dinosaurs ate meat and vegetables, and they lived a really long time, and they were healthy, and they could run, and they could be fast, and they were strong. All the things that you want to do, you want to grow, you want to be big, you want to be strong. Let's yeah. eat like dinosaurs. Let's eat meat and vegetables. And it made so much sense to them. And, I, I, you know, if you have a 16-year-old, obviously that concept isn't going to work. But if you have a 16-year-old, the concept of, like, do you not want acne? Do you not want hormone imbalance? Do you want to be strong and fast in the track field? Like, whatever it is that applies to that person, you figure out, like, that's what applies when you're talking about changing yeah. your food habits. Um, and then having that more detailed conversation yes, like the lines that you know you can't cross, whether it's... You know, for my oldest, it's gluten and food dyes. For my youngest, it's gluten and dairy. And, you know, I mean, 
we just use the word allergic. It's not really an allergy. Um, and then, you know, if I'm having a more detailed conversation with them, I'll explain the difference and they don't really get it, but they kind of understand that yeah. it's a bit We different. call it a food sensitivity. Like they, yeah. they tell people because sometimes people will freak out like, well, we serve bread in the restaurant. I'm like, it's, they're not going to have, my mom has an EpiPen reaction to wheat. And when we go to a restaurant, we make it very clear, like you cannot cross contaminate or my mom's throat will close. Can you please be very clear with us? Like she has an EpiPen, but, and so when we go out with the kids and not with my mom, we're like, no one's going to die, but we need cross contamination to be careful. We have serious food sensitivities. We'll be sick for a long time. Blah, blah, blah. So I have, you know, I have the conversation. I just had it with the um, teachers on Thursday you know, well, she's, you know, it's not going to be anaphylaxis. It's not like you don't have to race her to the school nurse, but if she eats enough of it, she'll be throwing up. And if she eats just a little bit of it, you know, she'll have terrible acid reflux for 30 hours and won't be able to sleep at night. And then I'm going to send her to school to you. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I think, you know, having that detailed conversation, you can have that with your kids. You can have that with their other caregivers, teachers, other people that are responsible for them. Um, but a lot of this is, Right, just like paleo is very individual, right? So all of us are taking this template and figuring out what works best for our bodies and also for our the other constraints on our lives, whether it's budget or time or just food preferences um, or other people in our household who want to have different food preferences, right? We all have to have our own little way of tinkering mm-hmm. with it and figuring out exactly how we're going to make it work for us. It's the same with kids, right? And... Um, I think it's really important to just remember to be compassionate and respectful to our kids. Absolutely. All right. So speaking of kids, Maria says, what do you recommend be the first baby food this mama should try giving my little one? I think we should mention that we do have an entire podcast on like pregnancy and new baby foods and breastfeeding. Um, There's a a few couple of podcasts podcasts there. Um, So for those people who are doing Facebook Live, we'll do a post in the next week or two when the podcast goes live, and we'll put links in the show notes to all those podcasts. You can also just Google the Paleo View and then whatever you're looking for, and then it'll come up. Um, But for me, I gave Wesley, who was my only Paleo baby, um, Sarah came to Paleo after After my kids. um, So for Wesley, his first foods were uh, banana, avocado, and liver. Um, Not that far different from what my kids' first yeah. foods were. Especially, I didn't like how I did things the first time, so I changed it up for my second daughter. And her first food was avocado and then banana. Um, and then I think yogurt, hmm. which, I mean, you'd, you'd, yeah. I would do a higher quality yogurt now, and I'd probably still have that in the mix, though. I think the biggest message I want to say, there, there's two kind of thoughts that I have about first foods. And one is that your kid is not automatically ready when they have their four month birthday and they're not necessarily Isn't it amazing that they say four months now it used to always four be to six, six months yeah and then it became five months and then it became four months yeah so there's um a website and i don't know if it's still on there that i used kellymom.com that had a list of um things to look for in your child to know if they were ready for food a couple of them are the ability to sit up straight on their own um having teeth and not having the tongue reflux where they're only used to nursing or suckling a bottle, where their tongue goes when you give them food. Like, if the child doesn't know think, how to swallow... I think you should do that again. <laughs> I saw baby Elliot do it um, with... Uh, I gave him, like, a tiny piece of bacon, and he was, like, enjoying it so much it was his first time having bacon this morning. They'd be like, 
he knew he knows how to eat and swallow, but like when the he bacon was, came, he, was he became it. so excited that he like couldn't handle it, and his mouth started doing crazy things. And I was like, "Oh, it's so cute." Um, but they call that, I think, tongue thrust. thrust. Yes, thrust, not yeah. thrush. The thrush is a different, different thing. Um, so if your baby is, you know, like you go to give it a tiny piece of food or a spoonful of something and they can't figure out how to swallow, don't keep jamming it in. Like you see pictures of people with the first foods and the baby's like covered in the food and they're like, I think he got a little bit in. Like he's not ready and that's okay. Um, Cole didn't eat solid foods until he was like nine months or something. One of the things that I also looked for in my kids that was sort of uh, family folklore, I guess, was to look for the kid's having an interest and reaching yeah, for totally. the foods. Yeah. And it was, you know, if the kid was in my lap during mealtime, I was eating and they were trying to grab the fork and redirect it into their own mouths. Yep. That was a sign. Um, so that's another, another good one. But uh, you know, it's, it's becoming now more accepted that meats are very easy to digest, especially yep. slow braised meats <clears throat> things like egg yolks. And um, I know that in Australia they're changing their first foods recommendations from government recommendations yeah. and starting to recommend things like avocado, egg yolk, and meats as yeah. um, being first. Foods. I did give Cole um, egg really early, but he didn't react well to it, mm-hmm. and so it became one of those foods that I introduced later because yeah. my family it is a just, high allergy. Food, yeah, we like have one to two percent. Yeah, we have we have difficulty digesting, particularly egg whites. Um, so we just we went with liver. Liver is so great for babies, not just from a nutritional perspective, but because the texture is really soft and crumbly, and they don't have to like chew it. They can kind of gum it down. Yeah. It works really well. And um, even before I was paleo, I gave my babies liver just because it was like a recommended protein because of the consistency. So so remember not to impose your own food preferences onto your yeah. baby. So if you hate liver, which is no judgment. I mean, it's not the easiest food to like. Um, you know, you, when you're, and you're trying to give it to your baby, your babies babies tend to really recognize nutrient-dense foods and tend to really respond very positively to them, but they're not going to respond to that if you're doing this. Uh, you know, you're making a face and you're giving or them even, a spoon. Even and, if it's like a younger sibling and there's older siblings and you're verbally talking about how it's gross or whatever you know like just remember that your children are mirrors like I can tell you I have an almost 11 year old and it's like looking in the mirror talking to him half the time and they pick that up from you so they're always watching and the more positively you frame things the more excited you are about it the more you find a way to make it interesting the more they will believe you you want to read the next one uh which one did you uh the top ones Angelique. Yes. Um, I am new to listening to your awesome podcast. I mean... We always pick comments that are nice. We always Thank choose you. comments that <laughs> co- that complement the podcast first, so good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of weaning off the many supplements I am taking. I am um, trying to focus on whole foods. I have Hashimoto's. Okay. I have some thoughts on that. Okay. So... Um, in an ideal world, we would get all the nutrition that our bodies need from whole foods. In order to do that, that requires a really strong focus on the most nutrient-dense foods available to us. So organ meats, seafood, including fish, shellfish, and sea vegetables, and lots of vegetables, including the whole rainbow, highly pigmented fruits like berries and citrus is also like, I don't necessarily think of it as being highly pigmented, but it's a very nutrient-dense uh, fruit. And, um, and making that the basis of our diet and then rounding that out with other fruits, um, other high quality meats, um, 
and you know, on the autoimmune protocol, that would be about, that'd be about it. Right. So you're rounding it out with these other things, um, that are maybe a step down and, um, you know, maybe looking at some phase one reintroductions. So uh, I think nuts and seeds have a compelling amount of nutrition and moderation, um, high quality eggs. I was going to say egg egg yolks was the first egg yolks. If you can tolerate them and, um, something like a, uh, grass fed ghee, even if, even if you can't do other dairy. So, um, in our house, I'm really sensitive to dairy. And so is my six year old, but we can do pure Indian foods, cultured grass fed ghee. That's Every Certified. test is batch tested for dairy proteins and lactose. I think so, Tim Star is also. I think Tim Star also does all the same testing, and I've, done, I've been fine with theirs as well. Those are the two brands we use. Um, and so, um, and so, I think it sort of takes that focus, but then it also requires managed stress levels and really good digestion. Um, you know, getting enough sleep. Like these other things come into play in terms of managing our diseases and in terms of even influencing whether or not we need added nutrition. So if you're stressed, you're burning through vitamin C and you're burning through magnesium because that's something that you, your body uses to make cortisol. So, um, so understanding that interaction between diet, digestion, lifestyle is really important for determining what supplements are good ones to wean off versus ones that, you know, maybe you do need to take supplements. So, you know, I, I have supplements that I take and, um, I've worked with my functional medicine specialist to take the smallest number of them that I can, but I also take, you know, I don't like taking the cocktails. So I take individual things that, you know, I've been tested for micronutrient deficiency. So I take the one thing that I'm deficient of. So it's a few bottles and I take them every day and it's, um, it doesn't make me a failure. It doesn't mean I'm not paleoing hard enough. It doesn't mean I'm That's not, right? it doesn't mean that I'm not AIPing hard enough. Um, I, I probably could handle my stress level better, but I'm also doing all of these things and these things take away from Pokemon nature walks, For real. right? So, um, so I think that when it comes to going off supplements, I think it takes, really understanding why you're taking something, what it's for, who recommended it. Um, I think every, pretty much everything you'll want to wean off. Um, there are things like, uh, if you're taking high dose vitamin C, for example, did you know you can have, if you take a few grams of vitamin C a day and then all of a sudden you stop taking it, you can have basically like a reactive scurvy mm. from it. Right. No, thank you. Don't want, don't get scurvy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, um, the, the, the truth on that one. So, um, and I think working with a doctor, so like, hey, I'm taking this. What is that one for? Is that one I can go off? And and don't think of just, I don't want people to think of medications or supplements as failure. I think what we're trying to do is take the best of, of everything that we have available to us. I'm not going to give up my hot water tank either. And hot showers are not paleo. They're not. They're, when did cavemen have hot showers? No, but I'm not giving those up. I'm Canadian too. It's like a thing. The great Canadian shower. Hot it's. Shower. Mm-hmm. I think too. The other thing to consider is a lot of people are really interested in going off supplements when they adopt something like AIP, and you know we don't know where Angelique is in her process, but until you're feeling better and all of your symptoms are in remission, that's another factor to consider. Not just because you go AIP and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to eat more oysters Mm, and eat more oranges, so I don't need the zinc and vitamin C. Lemon on your oysters. Anyway, um, 
it's important to get to a place where your body is feeling really good before you even think about that stuff. And I will say from experience, having been on the autoimmune protocol for, I think, four years now, yeah. and I was like your first official AIP person because you told me what your protocol was before your book came out. So I'm your claim to yeah. fame. It was, you probably <clears throat> were only six or seven months after, no, wait a minute. No, but it was early on. I don't remember. I'm not even going to try and place time on that. It's been a while. It's a long time. Um, and my point is that, you know, I have I have flares. I also have uh, thyroid disease. I don't officially call it Hashimoto's, but um, technically I think it is Hashimoto's. But Did you get antibodies tested? Remember I had that mm-hmm. Noid thing and they were like, it's... Um, thyroid disease because if you have a cyst on your thyroid it's not functioning properly um but they usually don't call it Hashimoto's unless they test right exactly so I don't have normal functioning thyroid but I also was not willing to go off of AIP to see what was going to happen to my levels so I'm managing it's like with lifestyle and AIP. I might have celiac, but right. I'm not exactly. in order exactly. to get tested. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you I have thyroid disease. It doesn't really matter <laughs> how we call it. Um, but you know, I'll go six months to a year and feel really great and be able to, you know, eat rice and cream and you know do these kinds of things, not sleep as much. And then, like, with the back injury, it causes me all kinds of inflammation and stress in my body, even if my lifestyle isn't stressed, right? I, If you have any sort of stressor in your life, especially with inflammation, it's going to cause a disruption to your normal function, and it's going to require special attention. So right now, I'm taking way more su- supplements that I feel comfortable taking, but I also feel really fantastic, and they're helping me, so I'm going to just keep taking them, and then... Once I feel like I'm kind of in a groove, then I'll look at, like, can I take less of them? Yeah. Which don't I need to take? And, and that kind of stuff. So just be thoughtful and careful. Work with medical professional and be mindful of, yeah. of your body. The other, the other flip side of that uh, is to not let supplements be your crutch for not putting effort into yes, diet into and lifestyle. Yes. So, um, you know, if you, you don't like oysters and you know you need zinc, instead of taking a zinc supplement, look for other food sources of zinc that you do like. Um, or maybe eat an oyster once in a while even if you don't like it that much. I mean, if you're allergic, don't do it. That'd be... Yeah. But um, but also make sure that, you know, for anyone else who's sort of listening and we go, oh, well, I'll just leave my multivitamin there and not worry about the organ meat, it really can't replace that. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.